So, yeah, so I just want to talk about drawing near to God, but I'm just going to start by uh, just referring back to last week, because last week Pastor Andy reminded us of our mission as a church, as a church, as a church family. Um, and our mission is simple. It's, it's Matthew 28, uh, verses 19 and 20. It's to uh, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe that all Jesus commanded. And as we do that, he is with us. Amen? That's Matthew 28. That's our mission. That's our, in fact, it's our great commission. That's what it's referred to in the Word of God. It's the great commission. And, and I think as, as, a, as a body of people, it feels to me like we're taking that seriously, more seriously than, than maybe ever before. And I think that's a really good thing because we live in the last days. Um, at some point, Jesus will be coming back. And, um, and when he does, um, I, I just want to be someone who has done my part as part of the body of Christ in sharing the message of the good news. Um, and, and I'm grateful that at a very young age, in fact, I was brought up in church, at a very young age, I heard the good news of Jesus. And at the age of 10 years old, in the Baptist church that I attended, I marched forward when this uh, visiting preacher came along. His name was Paul Rosier. Um, and, uh, and it was the first visiting preacher I ever remember hearing in our church. First time I ever remember hearing the gospel preached, the good news of Jesus, what he did on the cross. Uh, and I heard it and I was like, and he said, anyone that wants to uh, receive Jesus as your saviour, just come forward. And so I was 10, but I was bold, and I marched forward. I want Jesus. And, uh, and I'm so grateful that um, I've had a relationship with God ever since that time, and probably before that time as well. I just hadn't defined it. And, uh, yeah, and, and, and I, just, I just look around at the world around us, and I just think people are missing out so much when they don't have a relationship with Jesus. Uh, and so my prayer is that I would personally uh, really take the Great Commission seriously. And so as we move into 2022, really the vision for the church is to, it's, it's to run our best lap, isn't it? It's to run our best lap yet. That's what Pastor Andy was talking about last week. And just thinking about the mission of the church, what he was sharing about being people that reach the lost and make disciples. In other words, we teach people the ways of God's kingdom and how to live in God's kingdom, our vision is that we do that um, more effectively than, than ever before. That's the vision for this year, to run our best lap yet. That's for me personally, but for us as a church family. I want this to be the very center of, of what we're all about, reaching the lost and making disciples. Anyone with me on that? Good. Um, and I've been thinking about the passage in Hebrews chapter 12 that Pastor Andy shared last week, which we're going to refer to in just a moment. But this passage reminds me that if I'm going to run my best lap, um, if I'm going to run my race with endurance, then there's probably some things that I need to lay aside in my life. So we're just going to start there today with Hebrews 12. 
verses 1 and 2. Therefore we also, Pastor Andy read this last week, so it's probably very familiar for you. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, and that's referring to uh, the previous chapter in Hebrews, Hebrews 11, where um, it just lists over and over these people of faith that have gone before us. And so we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses, these people that have gone before us and have run their best race. It says there, therefore, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So it says, if you can just go back to verse 1 again of Hebrews 12, it says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. And Sean touched on this three or four weeks ago. Pastor Andy also touched on this last week. But if we're going to run our best race... There are things that we have to lay aside. Let's just look at this this phrase. Let us lay aside every weight. These are the things that can weigh us down or pull us back in life as we endeavor to run the race that God has set before us with endurance. The things that can weigh us down or pull us back. Um, I often think of this as like, almost chains or ropes attached to the back of someone, just pulling them back, or, or a big heavy rucksack. And everyone knows that when you're going to run your, your best 100 metres or 400 metres. Oh, by the way, Zach Williams, Vanessa and uh, Vanessa's uh, boy, Graham and Pam's grandson, he's, not, he's 11th in the UK at 400 metres under 17s. Isn't that impressive? Go, Zach. I, I'm well impressed. So anyway... <laughs> what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So no one runs a 400-meter race with a big, heavy rucksack on their back because it weighs them down, and, and they can't run their best race. Um, I don't see these weights as sins. We'll deal with the sin thing in a minute. But these are things that can slow us down as we're endeavoring to run our best lap for God. Things like circumstances, um, maybe past experiences, maybe hurts that we carry, maybe uh, regrets that we have. These are things that can just be a weight on us sometimes. Things that can just pull us back and you're trying to run. It just feels like something is attached to you. And I think over the next few weeks we might talk about a few of those things. Those weights that can can pull us back and weigh us down. If we're going to run our best lap, we have to become free from those things that slow us down. Otherwise we will never run to our full potential. And then... And then it says, let us lay aside every weight. And then it says, and the sin that so easily ensnares us. So this is talking about sin. Sin that so easily ensnares us. It's things, simply things in our lives that are not acceptable to God. That are not right before God. Um, Sin doesn't slow us down. It trips us up. Because it says it ensnares us. Ever tried running through one of those like army net things? I mean, imagine there's just like a net all the way from the front to the back of this room. Um, you'd be very, I'd be amazed if you managed to run the whole distance without tripping over um, as you run through that net. Um, 
And, and that's kind of how I see sin. Is, is, is sin is something that it doesn't slow us down or weigh us down. It, it does, but it also can trip us up. And, and there's stuff sometimes in our lives that we just have to get out of our lives if we're going to run for God. And um, you know what that means for you. And I'm not going to try and, uh, and you know, predict what that means for you. I'm, don't worry, I'm not going to call you up and prophesy over you and tell you what your sins are. Because that's not my job. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Uh, my job is, is to, to, to reveal the grace of God, the spirit of grace. Um, my job is to speak truth. Um, and if you're part of God's kingdom, then make sure your heart is open to hearing the truth of God's word. Because... No one will ever convince you that something you're doing is wrong, but the Holy Spirit will. So just be open to him, okay? So, so there are sins that, that trip us up. Um, if we're going to run our best lap yet this year, if we're going to be effective at reaching the lost and making disciples, living for God's kingdom, then we've got to get sin out of our lives. Otherwise, we will keep tripping up. Um, and when you trip up in a race, remember, was it, um, who was it? I want to say Zola Bud. Um, Mary Decker? Yeah, right. You remember years ago, there was that race and uh, one, of the, one, of them, one of the runners fell and, and they tripped the other one up or they caught the end of the foot of the other one. And it was chaos. Um, and, and it's even talked about still today by people like me who want illustrations for their sermons. Um, but, you know, when, when sin trips you up, it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't only trip you up, it can take others out as well. And we've got to make sure that we get sin out of our lives. Um, and, and again, read your Bible. <laughs> read your Bible. Um, because the Bible is the word of God. It, is the, it, it reveals what is the truth of God. Everything about God his understanding and logic and wisdom is in this book. This is the word of God. And therefore, when you read the Bible, have an open heart to let God speak to you. Now, this passage in uh, chapter, Hebrews chapter 12 also reminds me that I should look unto Jesus. Keep my eyes on Jesus. Now, the disciples had Jesus in their lives for three years. And so for three years, they looked unto Jesus. But what happened when Jesus left? Did they stop looking unto Jesus? Did they take their eyes off of him? Well, this is what Jesus said to the disciples when he left. He said in John 14, verses 15 to 18, he said, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. So the disciples are all miserable because Jesus is talking about, uh, he's talking about going. He's going to be crucified on the cross, buried. He's going to rise from the dead. And then we, we know, because we've got the Bible, that after 40 days, he ascended into heaven. And in the same way that he went, he will come back for his church. So I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. The spirit of truth. This is the Holy Spirit that Jesus is talking about, or the Spirit of Christ. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. 
I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So Jesus is saying here that he's going, but he's not going to leave them alone. He's going to come to them by the Holy Spirit, in the form of the Holy Spirit. And, and he didn't just say the Holy Spirit is going to be with you. He said the Holy Spirit is going to dwell in you. My Spirit, Jesus is saying, my Spirit is going to dwell in you. And so they were able to keep looking unto Jesus because the Spirit of Christ was, was with them and in them. So let's, let's look at what happened then. In Acts chapter 1, verses 4 to 8, we read this account. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, for John only baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. That word baptized, it means drenched, overwhelmed, saturated, filled to overflowing. So you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but, everyone say but, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So Jesus is talking about what he referred to in John chapter 14 just now, is that he would come to them. And he's talking about the Holy Spirit filling their lives. So just a few days later, these people were baptized, drenched, saturated with the Holy Spirit. Acts 2, verses 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing, mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. And one sat upon each of them. And they were filled, baptized, drenched, saturated with the Holy Spirit. And began to speak with other tongues, in other languages, as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. We're a Pentecostal church. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That today, not just in the book of Acts, but today... God wants to fill his people with his spirit. And the reason for that is because he wants to empower us to live as children of God, to live for his kingdom. We are called to be different to the world. Do you know that? We are called to live very different lives. We are called to stand out. We are called to shine the light of God in this world. And God wants to empower us to do that. He hasn't left us alone, but he has given us the Holy Spirit. And he wants to fill every Christian person, everyone who's put their faith in Jesus, with his Holy Spirit to empower them to live this life. So they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were baptized with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with these new languages. So just very briefly, 
Um, this is called speaking in tongues. And, and we believe that every Christian um, has been given this gift of speaking, this in, speaking in tongues. And it's simply uh, you in your spirit, the core of who you are. It's you praying to God in a language that you've never learned, in a language that's unknown to you, but that God understands, that God hears. It's, it's you praying spirit to spirit. And, and it's such a good way, when you don't know what to pray, such a good way to communicate with God. It, it refreshes you, it, it, it empowers you as you speak in tongues, because it just lets the Holy Spirit just work in your life. So the disciples were filled with the power of God when they were baptized with the Holy Spirit. And immediately, not the next day, but immediately they began to run their best lap. Because that very day, thousands of people, as they preached the good news of Jesus, as they, as they went around sharing the good news of Jesus, thousands of people were saved, had received Jesus as saviour. And they began to make disciples. They began to teach people the ways of God's kingdom. And these people, it all started in Jerusalem. And these people dispersed throughout the known world. And, and the gospel, the good news of Jesus, was taken throughout the known world. And churches were established everywhere. Because the disciples, they decided they were going to run their best lap. And one of the keys to that was that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And I want to say to you, if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit... If you're not drenched with God's spirit, then you're not going to run your best lap. Uh, and you might desperately want to, but it will just end up being all about what you can do. It'll all be about your works, all be about legalism. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. You trying to be something, but God doesn't want you to try and be something. He wants you to be who he's called you to be, his child, filled with his Holy Spirit. Amen? You on board with this today? Good. The disciples immediately began to run their best lap. So just going back to Hebrews 12 again, um, I think that looking unto Jesus is about two things. I think very firstly, it's about keeping our eyes on Jesus, the, the risen King of Kings. The Bible says that when Jesus ascended into heaven, he sat down at the right hand of the Father. And he is enthroned on high. As we said at the very start today, he is the King of kings and Lord of lords. There is no other name that is above the name of Jesus. So it's about keeping our eyes on him. It's about ensuring that Jesus is center place in our lives. It's about worshipping him and submitting to his lordship in our lives. Secondly, I think it's also about looking to the Holy Spirit to empower us every day. Because the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ. The same Spirit that, that Jesus was and carried is that very Spirit that has come to, to live in us. And that's not a weird or spooky thing. That is God himself, the God of the universe, wants to fill your life and empower you to live for his kingdom. Like the first disciples, Jesus empowers us to run our best lap. The Holy Spirit is referred to in, in the Bible as our helper. When it comes to running the race that God has set before us, the Holy Spirit is our helper. He's our divine coach. And if you're going to run your best lap, the other thing that you have to do is train, don't you? I mean, I, I'm looking around. There's a few athletes in this room, including myself, of course. 
And uh, I know, just like you guys do, that if we don't train, then we're not going to run our best lap, are we? <laughs> um, but when you train, it, it, helps to, um, it helps to have the ultimate coach training you, doesn't it? Who's the ultimate coach? The Holy Spirit, Jesus. <laughs> he runs alongside us. He's cheering us on. The Holy Spirit doesn't just come alongside us, though. He fills our lives with his power. The very life-giving Spirit of God that rose Jesus from the dead is ready to dwell in your life, to empower you to run with endurance. All we have to do is ask. It says in James... You have not because you ask not. (laughs) And I just kick myself sometimes because I definitely don't spend enough time asking the Holy Spirit to drench my life, to empower me, to fill me with his power. All we have to do is ask. So Luke 11, verses 11 to 13 says this. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, well, this just, these verses just come after the verses that say, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. So, and then it says, if a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg? Who asked for an egg? If he asks for, and it may be an Easter egg. Uh, Will he give him a scorpion? Well, that would be really, really mean, wouldn't it? Imagine, imagine Lola at Easter. She's got this egg wrapped up. She thinks it's an egg, but she opens it and it's a scorpion. That would just be weird and cruel. Anyway, if you, then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? God is ready to pour his spirit into your life. God wants us to know his life-giving power, his wisdom, his love. The Holy Spirit brings all the characteristics of God, the very nature of God, into our lives. And God wants us to know his love. He wants us to know his wisdom. He wants us to know his power and strength. You know, the disciples... Um, Peter, he was not confident when he went into the upper room. He had just denied Jesus three times in a row um, and, and, and was feeling pretty sorry for himself. But they, they went and they, they just waited in the upper room as Jesus had instructed them to. The Holy Spirit came in power into their lives and he steps out and he preaches this incredible message and thousands are saved on that very day. This change happened not because Peter made his mind up that he was going to be bold and confident, but the Holy Spirit brought that boldness and confidence to his life. Could the worship team please come forward and do your thing? So, listen, the the Holy Spirit won't force his way into your life, but when you ask, he will come. Everyone? You listening? You got that? He won't force his way in. I heard, I think it was Benny Hinn that described the Holy Spirit as a gentleman. 
And uh, he wrote that book, Good Morning, Holy Spirit, which um, I read when I was a teenager, and it utterly impacted me massively. Because I learned that, that if, if I want to experience the, the presence and the power of God in my life, I have to invite God into my life um, by his spirit. So when it comes to running our best lap this year, let's ask the Holy Spirit, who is the divine coach, to come alongside us. But not just to come alongside us to coach us, but to fill us with his power, with his life-giving spirit. And then lastly, James 4 verse 8 says this, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Just that bit. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Again, this lines up with what I've just been saying about asking. If you don't ask, you won't receive. But the word of God says, as we draw near to God, He'll draw near to us. You take the first step. God is ready. He is ready to come and fill your life with his spirit. And I just thought at the end of today, it would be good in just a minute to uh, spend a few moments worshiping Jesus and just asking God just to fill us with his spirit in a fresh way today. So we're going to do that in just a minute. But first of all, if there's anyone here... And this could be your first time in church ever, like in a church ever. Good job. We are so glad that you are here today. And we don't think it's a coincidence that you're here, but perhaps the Holy Spirit, perhaps God drew you here today. Because God is desperate for a relationship with you. He loves you and always has loved you. Always. From the moment you were conceived... The Bible says that God has this book. It's his book of days. And every day of your life is written in it. And he treasures it. God loves you. And he wants to have a relationship with you. But he can't force his way in. It's, he's given us human beings choice. Free will. And if you would just do one thing today, I really believe that your life will change for the better. You might think you've got a great life. Well, just, you just wait until you ask God to come in. doesn't mean everything's going to be rosy. doesn't mean everything's just perfect suddenly. But you have a relationship with the one who is always there for you, who is a strength when you're weak, whose mercy is unconditional. It's been poured out upon humanity. And all we have to do is say yes to Jesus to receive his mercy in our lives, his forgiveness. And, and the trouble is, until you do that, sin blocks you. It blocks you, your relationship with God. But once you say yes to Jesus, once you accept that Jesus died on the cross for you and took your sin, you're forgiven. You're completely free. You're perfect in God's sight again. So would you just pray this prayer with me if you want to say yes to Jesus. In fact, everyone, please pray this with me. If you'd like to invite Jesus to be your Lord and Savior today, just say these words. Say, Dear Father, I accept that I cannot live up to your perfect standard and I repent of my sin. Thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price for my sin. 
I believe that you forgive me and you make all things new. I surrender to you and ask you to be Lord of my life. I want to take your path for my life. So fill me with your Holy Spirit and empower me to live a life that honours you. Thank you for loving me. Amen. Just keep your eyes closed, please, church. If you prayed that prayer this morning, would you just do one thing for me so that I can see you, so that I can pray for you? Would you just raise your hand? Just say, yeah, I prayed that prayer today. I'm beginning a relationship with God. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you. Just keep your hands high just so I can see. Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. You guys have made just an awesome decision today. One, two, three, I think at least three hands, maybe four. Wonderful. You can put your hands down. Um, I have a team that are just helping me look out for hands this morning. And after the service, they may approach you and just um, offer you a Bible and offer to chat with you and just pray with you. Um, And if you don't want that, that's absolutely fine. Um, But also, if, if if, if I didn't spot your hand or if they don't approach you, um, just there's a banner that says welcome home at the very back just go to that banner afterwards and tell someone there Sean or whoever's there let them know that you prayed that prayer today praise God church let's just give God thanks for that it's wonderful uh, would you just stand please church and uh, we're not finished yet thank you we're just going to have a, a short time of worship as we finish but um, as we do This is an opportunity to be filled with the Holy Spirit afresh today. And in fact, what I'd like to do um, as we worship in a moment is anyone that that you've you've never been prayed for to receive the Holy Spirit, you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, then I'd like you to come forward to this space at the front here and we'll pray for you that you would meet with God, that you would know his presence, that you wouldn't just know the words that have been spoken today, but that you would know the very presence of God that can only come as the Holy Spirit fills your life. Um, I'd like to ask all the assistant pastors and uh, any of the core team who are here and any of the people, you know who you are, just come forward and also you can help me pray for people this morning. So you can just start making your way forward now. Um, but um, that's it. Come nice and far forward. That's it. Wonderful. That's it. Anyone else? Just start making your way forward now. And we'd love to pray for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But we're going to worship the Lord. And as we worship him, remember what I said just now. The Bible says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Do that. Close your eyes so that you're not distracted by what's going on around you and make the songs that we're about to sing your song of worship to God. And as you worship him this morning, just ask the Holy Spirit to fill your life afresh today. Ask God to fill you with his power today. It will change your life and you will run your best lap yet.